Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. Malachi chapter 3, starting at verse 6. And would everyone please stand for the reading of God's word. Malachi chapter 3, starting at verse 6, you'll find these words. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. Even this whole nation, uh, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. In part two of our lesson on thriving instead of just surviving. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thriving instead of just surviving. Part two. Amen. Uh, on, on last week, at the outset of this series of lessons, we, we found that there was a grave issue. Or there was a major transgression, amen, of the people of God as it related to God. And that God had told them that they were guilty of robbery. And the people were astonished and they appeared to be rubbing and scratching their heads trying to figure out how have we robbed God. 
And we find out that the way that they rob God is by not giving their tithes. Uh, but this lesson is more than about money. This lesson is about the heart. See, God in his infinite wisdom has created this thing called money in our contemporary context, but it was agriculturally a tenth of their crops in this context. But it is something that is very, very important to the life of the individual. God has created this mechanism, amen, that from the outward convention, it will show your inward heart. Well, preacher, why do you say that, amen? Well, God doesn't need money, does he? God doesn't need crops, does he? So God is not put at a disadvantage because they did not give of their tenth, that they did not bring the food or bring the crops to the storehouse. Amen. God was not sustained by food that was grown from the ground. No, this was all a part of God's way of teaching his people about the issues of their heart. God uses things that is most important to us, amen, to judge our heart as it relates to him. So the problem here is a heart problem. And it manifests itself in a giving problem. Amen. The problem here is that the people had gone astray. Look at the text. It says, yeah, verse 7, from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. He says, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. See, the problem was the folks had turned away from God in their hearts. And because they had turned away from God in their hearts, then their outward manifestation of their inward condition was showing them to be negligent. It was showing them to be those that did not keep the ordinances, and then they were as thieves because they had robbed God. So when God tells us to do something, amen, and he puts us in a position to do it, amen, we must be careful to not put our faith in ourselves, but put our faith in God. Because our actions will speak louder than words. Oh, we can say I'm highly favored in the Lord. Blessed be the Lord that I will follow him till the day I die. But it's when the rubber meets the road and you have to give up the thing that is most important to you will truly show where your heart is. See, it's easy to do these things when everything's going fine and you have a surplus. Amen. But it's when the days get tight. It's when financial problems come into play. It's when that uh, in this agricultural setting that things did not turn out like they expected. They expected a bumper crop, but the sun didn't shine 
as they thought it would. The temperatures just wasn't right. The soils just wasn't where they thought them to be. But at the same time, God was still saying, even in your lack or in your abundance, you still need to keep my ordinances. Because what that says about you is that you're not trusting in the crops. You're trusting in me. So we bring it to a contemporary context. We're not trusting in our salaries. We're not trusting in our wages. We're not trusting in the income from our businesses, but we're trusting in the Lord. And the tithe, amen, is the vehicle by which God allows us to see our own hearts. See, God don't need the tithes for him to see our hearts. He already knows our hearts, doesn't he? Amen. He said, I am the Lord and I test the mind. Amen, Jeremiah. But really what this is, is for us. See, God is so awesome in his wisdom that he creates ways for us to have a litmus test about our own heart. So we get an opportunity to see, well, where is your allegiance really? Is it in what you say? Amen, but it is proven in what you do. And so the Lord is saying that uh, when you don't do this, amen, you have robbed me. But God is so gracious, amen, that he is so tender and kind that he says that, but I got an answer for it. If you return to me, I will return to you. And God then goes to let us know that he's ready to bless us right now. Look at the text. I mean, don't trust me. Look at the text. Verse 10 says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there might be meat, food, or food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. He's saying, bring it to the house. And, and this is the one place where God says, and test. Will I not do what I said I do? What did he say he would do? Well, let's look at the text. He says, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. That's a big time blessing, y'all. But many of us forfeit that blessing because we will not obey his commandments. Many of us miss that blessing, that, that's such a blessing because our hands are closed instead of them being open. Amen. This is a serious matter not because it's money, not because it's crops, but because it tests our hearts. God is looking for folks who trust him. Because in our trusting of him, we give him glory. But the text doesn't stop there. Amen. When it gets through pouring out the blessing that there's not room enough to receive it, Blessing not room enough to receive it. Blessing not room enough to receive it. Now, I don't know about you, but when I try to think about that, 
God's going to bless me in a way that it's more than I can handle. That there's going to be so much out of the blessing that I have an overflow. Amen. How many of y'all want an overflow? Praise the Lord. Well, the Lord's saying, do this and test me now, saith the Lord. Because we need overflow, not just financially, we need overflow in our health. We need overflow in our family relationships. We need overflow in our walk with the Lord. We need overflow and with our sharing of the gospel. We need overflow just in being humans in this world. We need overflow when we lay down to sleep and not to be worried. We need overflow when we wake up in the morning and not be wringing our hands. We need an overflow to have peace when we're in the midst of the storm. But I contend with you, since God owns it all, he can handle it all. And all, wherever you're in need, God can answer. Amen. God wants to bless his people in such a way that we can be a blessing to somebody else. But we have to be those with open hands so that we can receive more from the Lord. Because if you close your hands, you can't receive either when you can't give. Amen. See, the church is the only organization that has been explicitly designed to be a blessing to its non-members. Amen. The country club is not designed to be a blessing to its non-members. AAA is not designed to be a blessing to its non-members. Amen. Uh, uh, This organization and that organization, they are designed to be blessings to their paying members. Even American Express says, what about membership? Anybody? Nobody? Something about membership, right? But it's about being a member of American Express. Until you become a member, you're not going to get those benefits. But the church, the church is 180 degrees opposite of the world. Our membership is designed to be a benefit to the non-members. Because by being a member of the church, you've already been blessed. And your explicit purpose in membership is to be a blessing to somebody else. So if you look at your life and you cannot see where you are blessing to somebody else, amen, your membership privileges might get revoked. This is serious business with the Lord. We must be careful not to just be one who has a sad faith but not a real faith. See, James said it right when he said, faith without works is dead. But I want to show you something else in this text about making sure you take care of God's ordinances. The text didn't stop at verse 10. Amen, that's enough, amen. But he didn't stop there. Look at the text. He goes on to say, And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. See, it's it's more than just receiving the blessing. 
Amen. You've got to be able to maintain the blessing. So, so God says there is, there is an a, a enemy around the camp. There's one who is licking his lips. His tongue is hanging out for the opportunity to pounce and destroy you. He's there to steal, to kill, and destroy. But he says, when you do my ordinances, God says, I got some for him too. He said, I will rebuke the devourer. See, God's rebuke is not like our rebuke. Our rebuke can be a rebuke with words, but with no effect. <laughs> but when God start rebuking, folks start falling back. Amen. Folks start running away. He's saying that I will rebuke him. Amen. And he will have to flee. Because you have been faithful to me. See, some folk today, amen, they just can't seem to get a break. They say, some, some Christians, you know, I just can't seem to get ahead. I said, every time I get started, amen, it seems like I'm beginning to end. I, I get a job here, and the next minute you know I'm out of work. Or I'm on the job, and, and, and I'm working hard, but my ends are not me. I, I, I try to change this and I try to change that, and, but still, I'm, I'm still behind the eight ball. For some of the believers, the problem is not on the job. The problem is not in the income level, but the problem is that they're robbing God. Because our blessings don't come from the job. It looks like it because they got a paycheck and their name is on it, but they cannot have that paycheck and they cannot give that. They will not have their name if God does not allow them. Amen. Amen. It is all the Lord's. And so we find ourselves saying sometimes that we can't. But the real truth of the matter is we can't afford not to. We find ourselves saying this, but then we don't do it and we open up room for the devourer to come in and start tearing down that what we are trying to build. Now that's what is in the text. These folks have worked all the spring and they've repaired the land. Amen. And they have seeded and they have, they have cultivated. They have kahara. They have scraped. They have covered. They have done everything, fertilized to get up a crop. But the crop doesn't bear. That's because after we watered and after we planted, it's God that gives the increase. Amen. Sometimes we forget and we put somebody else in that place. But it is only God that can give the increase. It is only God that can keep you on your job. It's only God that gives you the strength every morning to get up and go to work. It's only God that's the one that gives you safe passage between home and the job and job back to home. It's only God. Amen. So you need God to be in a position to bless you. Amen. And not to curse you. You don't want to be a robber of God. You want everything that God has for you. Amen. Look at the text. He says, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. Uh, this, this, this thought here is the idea of, of, of crops coming up 
in the wrong season. Now, I come from an agricultural background, amen, in Texas when we uh, did a lot of planting, amen, of crops. Amen. And I can remember days over in the watermelon patch. Amen. When the watermelons uh, grew too fast, they, they, they got too big too quick at the wrong time. And they looked real good on the outside. Amen. You were ready to run off with it. Amen. You just thought you had something. But then when you cut into it and you began to try to eat the meat of that watermelon, you would find that it was not sweet because it didn't come in the right season. See, God is the one that makes sure that your blessing occurs and that your fruit comes in the right season. See, sometimes we want our fruit tomorrow, but God knows the best time for it is next year. There is a door of opening and opportunity that's just for you, but you need to be in that season. But if you're not obeying God, you're not following his ordinances, then your crop comes up too early, amen, and you miss it. And then all of the sweetness, all of the blessing that was to come out of that crop is now lost because it is God that opens you up in your due season. We're not responsible for that. God is. So we must be careful to make sure that our actions are speaking with our words. When we say that we trust the Lord, then we got to trust the Lord. We got to live out that trust. <laughs> Amen. If we want the blessings of the Lord. Some folks are mad sitting at the house talking about, well, God just ain't what he said he was. They won't look at themselves. Amen. And see, well, did you do what you were supposed to do? Amen. Because God will do his part. Amen. Amen. And we want to be those who are wise in this to know that we are to be those who obey the word of the Lord and trust God to be the ever abundance that we need in our lives. We want to be those that are not just blessed in our own homes, but we are a blessing to somebody else. And only God is the one that can give us the overflow. This morning, saints of God, as we close out on this text today, I want you to know that the Lord is saying in his word that he wants you to be a witness to the world. In the text, we see that the Lord says, and all nations will call you blessed. Not just those who are inside of the household of faith. But those who are outside, those who are Buddhist and Hindu, those who are atheists and agnostic, they may not believe in your God, but they can't help but witness that you're blessed. And it just may be because of your blessing that they are convinced to reach out and find out what must they do to serve your God. But if you are not a shining example of the goodness of Jesus and all that he can do for you, then how will the world turn to you and say you are blessed? You can 
say I'm blessed and highly favored, huh? but your head is hanging down. That's not what the Lord wants for his children. Huh? He wants us to glow when darkness is all over the land. Just like in the Egypt land, when the plague of darkness was all over the land. It was in the houses of the Hebrews that light shone forth in the darkness. And he wants the light of Jesus to shine out in you. But God cannot bless that which is mess. He can't bless sin and disobedience, but he can bless obedience unto his name. The text goes on to tell us, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. I don't know about you, but I want every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl. When they walk upon the land of the people of God, that they say this is a delightful place. When I walked through the doors, I felt love. When I walked through the doors, I felt peace. When I walked through the doors, I just felt good all over. There's just something uh, when I came among the people of God that made everything all right. See, God wants to make us something special in the world. He wants us to be significant that if New Zion left here today, that the Marlboro community would have conversations saying, oh, what happened to that great church? I remember going to New Zion and those folks were so loving. I remember going and having a spirit that was energized and liberated. I remember going to a place where there was love. I remember going to a place where there was peace. And they prayed for me and they took care of my needs. And I will forever be grateful unto them. See, God wants us to be a beacon of light into this dark and dismal world. But it first calls for judgment at the house of God. If we don't be what we're supposed to be, then we will be of none effect to those outside. There are prostitutes and pimps. There are drug addicts and alcoholics. There are homeless and hungry. They are thirsty and they are disturbed. And they need somebody to step into their lives and show them a way out of no way. To show them a bridge over their troubled waters. My question today is will it be you and will it be me? Will they have to go somewhere else? Will the question be, where is the church? Why haven't they said a word? We've been looking for them to show up because Jesus said that they would. But we've not seen one of those representatives yet today because we have been encumbered in our own disobedience. But today is the day to start afresh. Today is the day to start brand new. Today is the day 
begin to shine again uh, that the world might know uh, that God is in the house. If y'all are with me today, uh, you ought to repeat after me and say, thank you, Lord, uh, for giving me a way to give uh, to those who have not. Uh, thank you, Lord, for your promise that whatever I need, you shall provide. Uh, that I will have an overflow if I'm obedient unto you. And I'm so happy that it doesn't stop there, that you will keep me forevermore. David said, he said, I was once young, but now I'm old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor seen begging bread. Ain't that all right? And one of these days, uh, our Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or blemish. Will you be ready? That you'll be caught up in the clouds and be with him forevermore. But while we're here, let us work the work of him that sent us. While it is yet day, for night coming when no man can work. God bless you and God keep you, is my prayer. Amen. Hello, Wisdom from the Word of God listening family. I want to once again thank you for listening to this podcast. And if you would be so kind, on whatever platform you listen to Wisdom from the Word of God, I ask that you give it a review. And when you give it a review, also give some specifics as it relates to why you enjoy this podcast. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, whether it's Stitcher Radio or iHeartRadio, whether it's Spotify or Anchor FM, whether it's Player FM, whether it's CastBox or Breaker, or any of the many platforms where you can hear this podcast. It would help us so much so that more can discover this podcast through seeing your comments and reviews and ratings, and hopefully this will give us more visibility and more distribution to reach more with the message of Jesus Christ. And once again, I am so thankful that you have taken out the time to listen to this podcast and for your continued support, I will be forever grateful. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer.